When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morena everyone and uh, thanks for joining us here on uh, the show between 9 and 12 of course uh, in association with Brant, your, your local John Deere equipment supplier, the good people at Brant. Uh, so if you want uh, those beautiful green machines, the John Deere ones, uh, make contact with them, your local branch. Uh, we've got a, a show with a difference today. We've uh, shuffled the deck chairs a wee bit because uh, 11, between 11 and 12 we have uh, a live barrier drawer uh, announcement of the barriers uh, and that will be done by Craig Baker the general manager of uh, racing at uh, Auckland Thoroughbred Racing so it's a very important barrier draw because uh, for two races they're worth a million dollars so all ears will be on our show just after 11 o'clock uh, Clado will be coming in uh, and Louis will come back into the studio as well to play co-hosts uh, as we get through the barriers and then talk about the, the ramifications and the, the possibilities after those uh, barrier draws are declared. So that's uh, really just after the 11 o'clock news. Uh, in the meantime, though, we've got a fairly normal uh, couple of hours. We've got uh, baseball coming up with Steve Mintz. Of course, Steve is the uh, Auckland Tuatara manager, and they have a huge weekend this weekend. So we've got to, I, I think, pay tribute to the season that they've had. But look about their chances this weekend. Um, what are the odds on them getting through to the playoffs? Uh, 9.25, uh, we've got a little bit of audio from uh, East Sodi, who was talking to Ricardo Ball last night, so uh, on extra time. We've got uh, talk back time uh, around about 9.30 as well. Uh, and uh, at 10.04, we're going to be talking to Cardi Oates. Now, Cardi is uh, from the Remuera Golf Club, um, and they have partnered up with a local iwi to encourage their youngsters onto its hallowed fairways, greens and driving range. Uh, so it's a real, um, a, a really innovative move uh, to attract youngsters into golf. Uh, let's see how it's going with uh, Cardi just after 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll look at uh, a bit of a recap of the Australian Open day two. We've just heard about Andy Murray. Uh, there were other highlights as well. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, we'll work through to that 11 o'clock appointment that we've got as well. We'll have an earlier stump smithy too, just by the by. Now, uh, when we talk about what's coming up in uh, Talkback, uh, I've been really interested in these nominations for the moment the sporting moment of the year, which of course is voted by you, the public. Uh, and the nominations are interesting. Ajaz Patel uh, for the 10 wicket haul that he got in one innings, of course. Uh, Corey Peters, uh, Winter Paralympics um, member as well, um, who, uh, who got to, in less than 24 hours a, a silver and uh, another medal as well. So two medals in 24 hours. That was an amazing achievement. Aaron Gate uh, putting his son Axel on the bike after a, vic a victory lap in the Commonwealth Games. That was absolutely superb. And heartwarming, uh, Imogen Iris claiming the bronze, um, uh, of course, in the Commonwealth Games, a women's pole vault while having a, a broken foot. Talk about Richie McCaw, broken foot. Try doing the pole vault with a broken foot. That was an unbelievably brave performance. Sam Tanner finishing sixth in the Commonwealth Games, 1500 metres final, said the happiest sixth place getter ever. What a moment that was. Well, Paul Cole and Joel King, our champion squash players, 
having a celebratory hug and in doing so the eye protection visors clash giving uh, Joel King a black eye um, probably not one she wants to look back on finally but it was a moment and they are some uh, combination Shane Van Gisbergen and of course winning Bathurst uh, 2022 amazing absolutely amazing uh, Ryan Fox winning the Alfred Dunhall Lynx Championship by one shot. What a win that was, and to see uh, the whole family waiting for him behind the 18th green was something very special. Uh, we've got the Black Ferns, of course, with that final line-out of the game against the throw, competing, winning, and winning the World Cup. Uh, that was indeed was a moment. And, of course, uh, who else but Ruby Tui has to be in there, the sing-along with the crowd after winning the Rugby World Cup 2022. Did that make everyone feel good or what? I could hear that from Australia. It was something absolutely amazing. So then, uh, just after 9.30 this morning, we'll give you the opportunity to call us on 0800 150 Tell us who you think should win from that field. We'll be back shortly. Well, it's a crunch time, a crunch time in the Australian Baseball League with just one week remaining in the regular season. All the playoff spots are signed up, except for one. The equation is very simple. The Auckland Tuatara must win as many games as the Canberra Cavalry, and they are through. But it's been an interesting season for the Tuatara. Big wins followed up by tough losses, and a fair few games rained out. The good news is the weekend's weather forecast is looking promising, which I'm sure is pretty good news for our guest this morning, in Auckland Tuatara manager Steve uh, Mintz. Good morning, Steve. Uh, thanks for joining the show on, again. Absolutely, oh, I'm absolutely, going, man. I'm going really good, and uh, you guys are going good because you've given yourselves a chance to go to the big dance. But it's going to be tough against uh, Canberra this weekend. Tell us about uh, the prospects you've got uh, coming up. Yeah, well, uh, we uh, we feel we, we feel good for where we're at. Um, uh, one of things that's kind of uh handcuffed us all year is the um uh our our stadium over here at north harbor stadium like uh for whatever reason again this week uh they they won't let us get on the field and train we have to go and do training elsewhere and so we can't we can't do our stuff that we need to do on our stadium and they have been um they have uh they have fought us tooth and nail uh so we've had to uh, we were going to train there today, and we got told, so we got to go somewhere else and get our training. But um, the people over there at North Harbor have have tried to make it as hard on us as they can. I can tell you that. And uh, so, again, this week, um, we can't go to the stadium and get our training in. So we're going to go do it somewhere else to try to get ready for uh, Canberra this weekend. Well, I, I find that uh, quite bizarre, actually. Um, has, has there been issues throughout the season, or is I mean, is is the ground or, or is the stadium, um, you know, uh, the diamond, etc. Is it is it under pressure from weather conditions? No, no, it's not under pressure from anything. Actually, the the teams that come here and play, they actually get on the field as much as we do uh, most weeks when they come into town. But the field crew and uh, the stadium operations people over there. Um, they have just, uh, I, I can't explain it. Uh, we, we pay money to, to have the field put together. We pay money to lease it. Um, and then they, uh, refuse to let us get on it. And it has been, uh, that, that, that's been our biggest challenge all year long. I mean, from the traveling, the playing, the, the rain and everything, uh, 
the North Harbor people, they, they have been that that has been our biggest challenge all year long. And uh, I can't put a finger on it. It's it's so frustrating to me that I have to call and tell my team that we have to go and train somewhere else that we can't actually train on the stadium, uh, the field that we actually play the games on. Um, and you know me, you've talked to me enough. I don't make a lot of excuses for anything that we do, but, um, those people over there, it has been, um, it has been one headache, one frustration after another, uh, since, uh, November. Can't understand it. I simply can't understand it, but, uh, we've still, uh, as, as you will know, um, you, you proceed, uh, whatever's in front of you, Steve, and you've done that a great job, uh, building this <laughs> franchise in the first place. Uh, and of course, when I say uh, you're up against Canberra, you're up against Canberra on the points table, but they're not your uh, physical opponents this weekend. You've got a very, very tough task ahead of you in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, you know, they're they're top of the table, top of the whole league. You know, and um, but the when we played them uh, the first the first round of the season, uh, we we didn't play very well. We walked a bunch of people. We left a bunch of people on base, and. Um, we've gotten better. We've learned some things uh, about ourselves, um, but we are. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to play really, really good baseball this weekend. Um, we're not gonna um, be able to make uh, some of the mistakes we made in Geelong last week, and we're not gonna be able to give them extra base runners uh, um, like we've done in the past. Uh, so um, we're hoping that we can give them uh, everything that we've got, and uh, and that uh, Sydney uh, Canberra's playing Sydney. And um, I don't think they like each other anyway, so that should be a Sydney. Sydney may try to help us out a little bit too. So, uh, but uh, we we feel good about it. You know, we feel good. We had a good series over in Geelong uh, last weekend. Uh, the bats kind of came alive a little bit that we hadn't seen in a few weeks, and uh, we're we're looking forward to it. You know, it's like you know this is what baseball is all about. You know, you you got a one game lead, you got four left, and you know how how can you uh, how can you finish up the season? Well, one of the things you're going to also have to overcome, uh, Steve, is the fact that uh, you do lose a couple of key players because of commitments to other leagues and uh, other national jobs throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sue Wei Lin and uh, Wang uh, Wang's been one of our uh, better starters all year long, and obviously uh, Sue Wei Lin, uh, ex big league player. You know, that's kind of uh, he's helped us in every aspect i mean on the field um with our young players um with just uh the team uh aspect of what we've been trying to do and uh, putting them on a plane yesterday was a little tough not gonna lie um they wanted to stay um but the commitments that they had with taiwan and the wbc they had to uh you know uh, honor that and uh but we have we we appreciate everything that they gave us this year um the the stuff that they did for our team and um we wish them all the best for sure so what what have you done to to fill those holes have you been able to yeah we got we brought in uh greg cullen uh we were kind of planning uh for Suway. we had brought him in and then um we'll uh we'll mix and match our pitching together to fill that starting hole and and once we start the playoffs, it's three game series instead of four. So, um, in that aspect, you can you I mean you kind of cut out, out one spot uh, anyway, and um and we'll go, we'll put as many arms on the roster this week as we can, and um we'll probably do um lighter 
with the position player side and try to use our, our development players this weekend for, um, you know, for pinch runnings and things like that. Um, but the stuff that uh, myself and the coaching staff that we've talked about and, and how to, how to try to um, combat a, a heavy left-handed lineup that Brisbane has um, this weekend. And then also playing at our ballpark because our ballpark and Brisbane's ballpark are night and day as far as like how the ball travels, ground balls, different things like that. So um, we, we feel a little bit of an advantage having them here in our home ballpark. Um, because we feel like we can uh, stop some of the things that they do well at their at their ballpark. Probably would have been more helpful if you're allowed to practice on it too. I would imagine going into it. <laughs> man, I tell you, it's a it, that that's a heartbreak thing, man. Um, and and it has. I mean, Regan Wood, Dale. I mean, all of us. It has just been um, even Regan because we had we had training set up for this morning at nine o'clock and Regan came in uh, to my flat last night and he's like don't get upset just let me tell you what's going on and I was like I'm over it I said we'll go to central we'll, we're, we're going to get our training in and um, they they haven't they hadn't done anything to our field since we played the last game uh, uh, 10 11 days ago they hadn't drug it they hadn't done anything they cut the grass but they just they they do nothing for us to be able to help us to get ready i mean it's a professional organization and you pay money to get on a field and you can't do it um it is uh very frustrating for myself and then for the players also you know to we had a schedule in place and then last night at nine o'clock i'm switching it to another place and that's been all year long because uh those people over there, they they won't allow us to get on there and train, and it's 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 very very frustrating, no doubt. What about uh, some of the Kiwi talent getting back to the the team itself, uh, the Kiwi lads? Yeah. How, how have they progressed throughout the season for you, Steve? Man, I tell you, um, uh, Campbell um, and Matthews uh, have been huge, and then the arms out of our bullpens. Uh, um, ben Thompson threw three huge innings on Sunday. Um, Gleason uh, pitched in a couple of games. Uh, Elliot Johnston has done well. Um, we're just uh, we're 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 happy with the with the contributions that they've made. And we we told them early, you know, um, we can't win without y'all. We we need you on the team. We need y'all to be productive. And and they have. And they've grown. They've gotten better. Um, the ones that are to, are affiliated. Uh, Johnston, Campbell, and Matthews, you know, they'll they'll finish up here and then they'll get ready to go to spring training, you know, by the end of February. And then, um, you know, we're trying to find uh, independent ball jobs for, for the other Kiwis that, that we need to be able to pitch because we're, you know, they need to keep throwing this summer. They need to stay prepared for the next WBC qualifier. Like um, myself, I'm always forethinking, you know, a couple years down the road and how we can continue building new zealand baseball and keeping these guys ready and and get qualified for that wbc with this with these young players that we have so um we we continue to look and push and then how 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 can we get the ones that are ready to go to college you know into the states like how can we get them into colleges you know in a in a timely manner when they're ready to go so um we're always thinking about those things, continuing to build, you know, baseball here in uh, New Zealand. And that's why we started this journey, you know, five years ago when we put the Tuatara in place, you know. And so um, 
these Kiwi players are so uh, vital to the young ones looking and, hey, I've got an avenue to do something else. I've got an avenue to play with the Tuatara one day. And so um, we take we take those things very seriously. Steve, what about the profile? I mean, obviously, uh, a couple of years away due to the pandemic didn't help um, in terms of uh, local input. But what about the profile of, of base? Were you happy with the way it's uh, progressing in this country? Yeah, I think with uh, the the things that we're doing at the grassroots level, I mean, five years ago um, when I came here um, and how far baseballs came just in that little bit by adding the Tuatara and, and having per se a – you know, a top dog or whatever in the baseball world on, on the island. And um, just with Baseball New Zealand and what the Tuatara Pathways program's done and being able to take, you know, the 14s, 15s, 16s, under 20s to, to the States and doing this and taking them to Australia to do this and, you know, having those things in place and then the WBC. And um, there's, there, there's just more uh, thought and uh, processes around, you know, how we're trying to get these younger kids better, you know, to continue to grow baseball in New Zealand. And, and yes, uh, but we can't, we can't stop, you know, it's, it's, it's all the time. Like we have to be thinking about the next thing and how we're um, um, mentoring the coaches and how, how we're, you know, teaching the kids and are, are we doing it properly? And, making sure that we're giving them the best chance to be successful in whatever they're doing. So um, happy, happy with uh, where we've come in five years, but also like understanding that this, this is a process and we have to keep growing that we have to keep putting people in place. Um, and you know, we, we have to spend the money, you know, we have to spend the money to continue to grow the sport um, so that we give uh, young Kiwi players the opportunity to, to pursue it. Uh, to pursue college, university, and then also to be able to dream of, uh, of getting drafted or whatever by uh, a professional team in the States. So, um, but we have to keep those dreams and goals alive and, and continue to work towards those things. So, Steve, this weekend, um, how will you look at it from uh, an overall uh, perspective? Because uh, you, you only have to win one more game than, than Canberra to stay ahead of them. But um, how how will those two in an individual series match up? Because in terms of time, do, do you have an advantage there, or do you just have to go out and and play your series and forget about the other stuff? Yeah, I mean, we we have to take care of our business. Um, uh, we we will have, I guess, one advantage. Uh, Canberra and them, they will start on Thursday, so we will they'll they'll be a result Thursday night before we play on Friday. But um, I mean, in our mind, we're going to try to. Uh, I mean, if we can win, if we win all four games, then it doesn't matter what Canberra does, you know. But obviously, uh, um, Thursday we'll know before we start playing on Friday. But we'll uh, be in ahead of the time. Uh, we'll we'll start playing on on Friday before they do, um, but I mean you kind of scoreboard watch around this time of the year, you know, no no doubt. Uh, when we were in Geelong, you know, we would check it when we were ahead, like, hey, what's Canberra doing, you know? And um, but we have to concentrate on what we have to do, and we just feel confident that if we play our baseball, we play our style of baseball, that we're going to be in a position to win each game, and if we don't. If we don't catch the ball and throw it and we walk people and we don't, you know, get our hits when we need them, uh, we're probably not going to win, you know. So 
um, we'll we'll focus on you know the the main thing, and that's us trying to to beat Brisbane each time that we play them. Uh, but we will definitely you know uh, be having a look uh, over there because we'll, we'll probably be done with our games before they ever start their games over there, so we'll be able to watch some of it also. So, Steve, with all the, the, the little hiccups along the way, the fact that you've had to deal with the, the, the powers that be about even getting access, etc., um, they're the little barrier set in place. What about Steve Mintz and the, the possibility of, of uh, regardless of what happens this weekend, of you being back at the helm? Yeah, um, the, not going to lie, even the the the... The big frustrations that we've had with the with the stadium this year. I mean, even talking with Regan, it's it, it it makes you think. You know, like, hey, is it is it even worth it to come back and continue to deal and have the frustrations? You know, but um, the way I look at it, um, you know, it's, we we have to get past that hurdle. You know, whether whatever situation it is. You know, but for myself. Um, the things that I've seen, I, I want to continue to, to, to grow baseball in New Zealand. Um, and I have even, um, you know, spoke with uh, Regan and some other people about, like, what other things can I do, like, throughout the summer um, to to try to, you know, work with our affiliated guys to get independent ball guys to use the networks and things that we have in the States with myself and DJ Carrasco and Turtle Thomas and, uh, lining up uh, ways that we can get kids into these colleges quicker. Um, you know, so um, I have given those uh, thoughts to the people around here. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that I get to continue to, to help grow this thing uh, in New Zealand um, and continue to come back and do the Tua Torah. Like that's, that's the plan. That's the goals when we set out um, and we'll, we'll, you know, try to meet each one of these issues head on as we come to it. But um, I just feel like I've, uh, with the people, I mean, even yourself and the people that talk to me on a daily basis and put me on the radios and TVs and they, they all, you can tell that there's a, a passion within the country that wants to continue to do it. And so that keeps, that keeps me fueled, you know, whether I can get on my stadium this week or not, you know, I know baseball is headed in the right direction and, and we have some people in place that can continue to help it. But um, I, I just I, I, I love building things. And when I took this opportunity five years ago, that was why I did it, to, to be able to grow and, and, and make put this country on the map, uh, you know, as a as a baseball country also. So um, uh, I hope that I can continue to do this stuff and come back and do the Tuatara and continue talking to you i mean uh yeah yesterday morning i was on the phone at two o'clock in the morning here talking to my people back in the states and they wanted to know the updates on the tuatara and like how's it going and all those different things so um it it i love it i i, I love doing it I, I i love being able to to continue to work in baseball and continue to come to new zealand and uh that that's my plans well, Steve, uh, baseball in New Zealand uh, wouldn't be the same without uh, Steve Mintz. We, we thank you again for coming on the show this morning. And uh, for you and your squad this weekend, all the very best. We'd love to see you make it through to those playoffs, man. So thank you for your time again. Absolutely. And everybody that's listening, get out there to, to the stadium this weekend and back us as much as you can and, and give us a, give us all the support they can this weekend. And we're, we're, we're going to try to do our part on the field.
Absolutely. We'll keep plugging it uh, before the, the, the weekend uh, on your behalf. Steve, uh, thank you very much. Go well. Good luck. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, Steve Mintz there, of course, who was the manager of the Auckland Tuatara baseball team doing a phenomenal job. You can hear the passion in his voice, can't you? You can absolutely hear the passion in his voice for baseball. Uh, they're up against it. I have to get uh, to the bottom of why they're not allowed to practice on their own damn stadium. Where's home advantage go? It's 9.26 here on uh, SENZ. We'll be back with uh, your opportunity for a little bit of talk back shortly. Covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yes, it is uh, 9.31 and time for uh, a news update with Aroha. Talkback time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150 811. Yeah, 0800 150 811 is the number. I post uh, the issue this morning, uh, New Zealand's favourite sporting moment of the year. I gave you the 10 finalists. Um, it's an interesting thing, but uh, you may have uh, other things to talk about. But uh, Mikey from Christchurch is first up this morning. Mikey, good morning to you. Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you, Ian. It's really, really good to hear you back on the radio. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Just very quickly before I get into the... Yeah, no worries. Before I get into the sports thing of the year, I hope um, some reporters or someone's listening to that interview you just had with the Tuatara coach, because there's a story there, isn't there, regarding the stadium? Um, I hope this gets delved into, because that's just not good enough. Uh, there's something not right, Mikey. There's something something not right there. I mean, uh, I could understand it, and we've had some shocking weather. If they were worried about the the, the surface and and traffic on it and that sort of thing, but this is something smells there. To be perfectly honest, I I can't think of too many sides that don't have that opportunity to play at home very often. But one thing you do need when you do is home advantage and being used to your own surface and, as he said, the bounce and everything of the outfields and. Strange, very, very strange. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can yeah. uh, get some more information on it, mate. Honestly, you, you're dead right. It needs it needs to be followed up on. 100%. Hey, uh, for me, the sports story of the year, and it was the sports moment, really, was the um, the line-out, the Women's World Cup, that last line-out, because I was watching it, my mates were watching it, everyone in New Zealand's watching it, everyone in England who's watching it knew that England were going to get that ball and we were going to lose. And lo and behold, sports being just the most magical thing possible, uh, we stole that line out. And it was unbelievable. And if, if there's going to be a documentary or film ever made, I mean, that's, that's going to be like the sort of the pinnacle of that film, isn't it? Unreal. So for me, that is the sports moment of the year by mile. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a, a really strong candidate for it, there's no doubt, because it is for a moment of the year, and it's the one, I, I guess, that really sat you forward in your seat and the one that you remember the most. It's, it's quite often uh, easy, though, Michael, when you when you look at something to remember the thing that's just happened the most recent. You know, if you go back, some of these things happened quite some time ago, and they've sort of not as f- to the forefront of, of the emotive side of it, but... I think you've got a candidate there. I, I, I really do believe uh, top top two or three, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Hey, thanks, Ian, and I hope that the powers that be um, get you on for the uh, TVNZ 
commentating the cricket. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. I don't know how that's going to work, but it would be awesome. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if the phone ever rings, mate. We'll, we'll never know, Mikey. But uh, yeah, it, would be, it would be cool to do some cricket back at home at some stage in the future, but we'll wait and see. Uh, hey, thanks for your call, mate. I appreciate it. Zane, Zane, uh, we've been waiting for you for a couple of days. I know you've uh, been a busy boy, so thanks for taking the time. Yeah, mate, actually doing some work for once instead of playing golf, so it's a bit tough. But welcome back, mate. It's great to have you back uh, live on the air, but um, enjoyed listening to you over the summer, actually. It, um, it was interesting. Like, just quickly, hey, the, the moment for me yep. would, would be the um, Zoe, what's her name? Zoe Zadowski, Sinitz Gold. Um, mate, those are the moments that live with you, something you'd never watch, but just because, you know, it's so rare, the whole country sitting there, you know, enthralled and you know, an instant moment that only lasts a few seconds. So that would that would have been me for the for the moment of the year. Okay, that's an interesting uh, one because um, that I, I think she's a candidate uh, certainly to win um, sports person of the year, uh, sportswoman of the year, and uh, maybe the overall Halberg Award for uh, the best achievement. I certainly uh, I believe she's a candidate for that. Uh, of the ten nominations, unfortunately, I don't see her name in there. Um, because oh, it's always it's the way, isn't not, it, mate? <laughs> it's just not. But, but, but I'd say there's a few more ladies out there, well, women, ladies. I'm not sure what we meant to call them. Um, doing snowboarding and playing rugby. But anyway, hey, um, what I wanted to quickly touch on you with it was really interesting listening to you on the um, Aussie commentary. Um, first point about that is I, I doubt very much whether you'd ever get too many Aussies listening to or watching New Zealand cricket on the radio or telly. But I always find myself really enjoying it because. Um, the Aussie commentators tend to have a little bit more sort of, I don't know, excuse the French smart-ass about them, but, you know, there's a bit of stick going backwards and forwards. So I, thought, I find it really entertaining, and I thought you fitted in there really well. Um, it, it's an interesting commentary team, I can tell you a wee bit more about it. It's, um, you know, it's made up of predominantly, of course, of former Australian players and great players too. You, you know, you've got Adam Gilchrist, who's probably uh, the all-time wicketkeeper batsman in the history of world cricket. Uh, Mark War, uh, brother of Steve, but uh, one of the coolest guys um, to, to watch bat, brilliant fielder. Uh, Mike Hussey is in there as well. Um, and then you've got a couple of wild cards who I think are a real point of difference. And one of them is Kerry O'Keefe, who was a former very good Australian leg spinner. Um, but his yeah. humour and the way he delivers things at his age uh, and his enthusiasm, uh, Zane, for the game is unparalleled. I mean, he watches so much cricket. He's always there first in the morning, always there first in the morning ready to go. Uh, and he's got that, that wicked, evil sense of humour that is just amazing. And the other guy is actually Mark Howard, who's never played uh, any sport to a high level. He's actually a very good surfer. Uh, that's his background. Uh, and, and that's all he really wants to do away from uh, the microphone is, is go surfing with his family, which he does. Uh, but he has this relationship with the players. Um, it doesn't matter where they're from, whether Australian players or visiting teams. He can just go and pick a guy out of a slipcord and catching practice and have a chat to him for five minutes. Or he can go and knock on a dressing room door and Steve Smith will come out and spend 15 minutes with him, um, you know, while the rain's falling. He just has this uh, weird point of difference, Howie. That, and he's got this podcast called The Howie Games, which is by far the most successful podcast in Australia. It's, it's got millions and millions and millions of followers. So he's, he's the other can point of difference. Um, yeah. I know you're busy. Can I just quickly hit you with a question that I was kind of keen to, to wrap this all up with is spending all that summer over there watching a lot of their cricket, did it bring you sort of any new insights into what we could do to kind of re-energise not only the way we play cricket here, but just like, you know, liven things up a bit and get a little bit of passion 
behind the team again like we saw when we had BMAC there. Well, I think for a start, I think um, we've got to look at the timing of our Super Smash. If we want people to be interested in, and buy in more to the Super Smash, we're, our timing is up against uh, too many other competitions around the world now, and I'm not quite sure whether there's a window we can do that. I'm sure New Zealand cricket look at it from time to time, and we've got to get more high-profile players playing. So if we could make it like the curtain raiser before the Big Bash and get some of those players who are contracted to Australian teams to play over here in a, in a Super Smash-type environment, before Christmas, I, I think that would tend to uh, to sort of alleviate the, the problem there of public interest and, and the, the spice in the competition. It just needs bigger names, more spectacular names, more household names to be part of it. Otherwise, it'll always remain just a secondary competition. Um, at the moment, uh, they're hamstrung by that. Um, the other thing I, I, I would... Um, I, I think also, uh, Zane, in terms of test cricket, we've got to just change uh, change it up a wee bit. I think we've, we've just got to... Um, We've we've just got to be able to. I don't see we have, we don't have, all have to play baseball. Uh, not by, from my way of thinking. We don't all have to play baseball, but we have to be a little bit more open-minded in terms of playing attacking cricket. Now, a very interesting series coming up. Uh, Brennan McCullum is bringing his team here. Uh, they will come with the same doctrine, the same uh, blueprint, and that's to attack us and to go 100 miles an hour. The question is, are we going to match them with that, or are we going to sit back? and either be dominated or wait for their mistakes. That, that to me, is uh, very interesting. So those tests coming up, uh, they'll be spicy, mate. Yeah, I look forward to it, mate. Hopefully it's not the latter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> look forward to um, keeping up with you over 2023, mate. Uh, how's the swing? Have how's the look. swing when you do get out there? All right? Oh, let's, not, let's not talk about that today, yeah? <laughs> okay, righty up. We'll talk happier, mate. <laughs> happier things. Okay. Cheers, mate. Cheers Zane. Thank you. That was uh, Zane from... Parapara Umu, what a beautiful golf club that is, a golf course, uh, Lynx course. Of course, it's the course where Tiger played uh, over here. 9.42 here on SENZ. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, uh, I always uh, enjoy watching Isodi play for the Black Caps because uh, I think he's developing his art very well. I think he's one of the big threats that we've got, and particularly in the subcontinent. Uh, and it was uh, interesting uh, listening to him last night uh, with Ricardo Ball on Extra Time talking about what it's like playing back-to-back subcontinent series. I think we've won eight and lost 35 ODIs in our time there in the history of the Black Caps touring India. Um, what's the difference that you've struck so far between you know conditions in Karachi and conditions in India? Oh, I just think that... You know, we're probably a lot more accepting these days that, you know, when we do come over to these conditions, we've got to do things slightly differently. Like, um, I guess in the ODI series, the two games that we won, uh, we played three spinners. I mean, uh, you know, I can't really look back in, in history and see when we've come over, even to the subcontinent, and played three three Kiwi spinners against, you know, teams that are, um, you know, very good at playing spin. So so I guess now we've got the, the guys to be able to fill those roles. And, you know, that horses for courses thing really does work for us now. We've got the depth. Um, we're India slightly different, you know. I don't think the wickets are going to be uh, generally as as sort of spin friendly. I think they're going to be decent wickets um, and probably offer a little bit more pace than what what we had in Karachi. So um, we've definitely got the squad to be able to conquer those conditions, and, and we should take a lot of confidence out of you know beating a Pakistani side in their home conditions. And there's no reason why we can't put on a couple of good performances here too. Yeah, and also Ricardo asked them too uh, about that black cap spin attack as a collective. 
And you got Mitch Santner obviously there as well now. So you got Mitch and yourself and, and Braces. I mean, it feels like you're the uh, the attacking point of that triumvirate, if you like. You're the you're the wicket taker and there to, there to maybe sort of try and suffocate players. Is that sort of the the game plan? Oh, I'd say Mitchell Santner's been suffocating a you know many a batting lineup for a long <laughs> period of time now. Um, and Michael Brace was coming, mate. You know, like I was watching him bowl in that first ODI, and I thought. Christ, this guy's only been really bowling in professional career for the last year and a half or two years. And so to see how much he's grown over that time is phenomenal. And I, I think he's, you know, probably calling him a defensive bowler is probably a little bit unfair. I think he's a very aggressive off spinner and, you know, quite similar to like a Ajit Patel used to be for Wellington for a long time and, and for New Zealand and also Warwickshire. So it's really great to see how he's come on. And, and I guess for me, it's just about, you know, keeping that wicket-taking mindset um, out there in mind. But I think it's also being able to adapt like, during that ODI series, you know, Braces came to me and said, I think this is probably a, a pitch that we need to keep holding on and be defensive on and, and we'll get our wickets that way. So I guess it's cool to, to have that sort of conversation out there so you can sort of be able to adapt to roles um, as best as you can. But for me, definitely that wicket taking mindset is key. Okay, well, uh, bad news for Isodi uh, is that he won't be available for the first one-day international against India, which starts tonight at 9 o'clock New Zealand time. Incidentally, India are $1.40 favourites. Uh, and we are $2.75. That may or may not be part of my multi. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Well, it is actually. <laughs> it is part of my multi. Uh, so India to beat New Zealand at $1.40. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks this afternoon. I've got a double in the NBA. I've got a four-pronger today, actually. The Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Raptors, Toronto Raptors, which uh, producer Logan Swinkles is not happy about, but I think will happen at $1.50. Uh, the Denver Nuggets to beat uh, the Portland Trailblazers at a buck thirty-eight. Yes, India to beat New Zealand at $1.40. And in the Australian Open, Jill Teichman uh, to beat Lin Zhu at $1.39. You multi those four together... You'll get uh, $4.03. And the good news yesterday was the Dallas Cowboys convincingly put paid to Tom Brady. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks gone. $1.66 we got there yesterday. The Grizzlies, uh, Stephen Adams, they won uh, easily 136 to 106 against the Phoenix Suns. And the Sydney Sixers, uh, courtesy of the Steve Smith 100 last night, beat the Adelaide Strikers quite comfortably as well. So if you followed us yesterday... You got $3.31. We'll be back shortly. Bring your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. I think one of my favourite football competitions has always been the FA Cup. It tends to have lost its gloss a wee bit now with uh, high-profile EPL and the Champions League, etc. But uh, for me, because it's a romantic competition, you can uh, enter in it from anywhere. Uh, and perhaps win it from anywhere, and uh, there's been some great stories over the years, and uh, at the moment there's some stories of unfolding as well, because there are one, two, three, four, five playoff games uh, going back to uh, replays. Uh, I'll give you scores at uh, the moment. Forest Green and Birmingham, they're one all after 54 minutes. Swansea and Bristol City are tied at nil all. Uh, that's after 57. Wigan and Luton, one all. Uh, after 53, Wolves and Liverpool, or Liverpool are leading Wolves at Wolves, 1-0 after 55 minutes, and at half-time, West Bromwich Albion uh, leading Chesterfield, 1-0, so uh, not a lot in the whole of those games, so they may have another prospect of 
going to uh, another replay, or probably penalties, I would imagine, if uh, this one goes. So there might be some spectacular action coming up in the FA Cup this morning. Uh, time uh, to get a couple of uh, texts out of the way as well. Uh, Morena Smithy, how, how wonderful it is to hear your dulcet tones back on the radio. I'm not sure how dulcet they are, but uh, firstly, I love the banter between the you and the Oz commentators. Howie, O'Keefe, great fun, and clearly uh, they have great respect. Uh, yeah, well, they do. It's mutual. Uh, we're getting a hard time weather-wise. Yes, we've heard about this uh, up in uh, Tarafiti and Toko, uh, where Hone uh, from Tokomara Bay lives. It's been a very tough time for you people up there, and if you're listening, we sympathise with you and hope that... Um, the damage is not that, that significant that you can't overcome it uh, pretty shortly. Um, we have uh, a great respect for you people there that are doing it tough. So thank you very much. And uh, for you, Hone, thank you very much too for your kind comments. Uh, greatly, uh, gratefully received. Uh, Jared has come in and said, uh, nice to have you back. Bet you had fun and sore sides sitting beside uh, Mr O'Keefe. Um, uh, tell us, uh, are you the first uh, Kiwi commentator series in Oz when we aren't playing there? I think I am. Jared, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, in my lifetime anyway, um, I can't recall um, anyone uh, sort of going over there to, to be a neutral commentator as such. So a bit of an honour. Uh, and yes, uh, Kerry O'Keefe, totally, um, to me anyway, it doesn't seem that he's got any of his humours planned. I mean, he just comes up with lines all of a sudden, and when you do crack up and roll on the floor, it's completely natural. I mean, who would come up with a line uh, when the, you see all the players out there have got tape on their fingers? Uh, and and uh, having tr- finger problems, who would come up with a line that says they have got more finger issues than an alcoholic butcher? I mean, who would come up with that? And how do you reply to that in the middle of a commentary? That's why you. That's why you end up rolling on the floor. A more serious subject: golf and a wonderful promotion at the Remuera Golf Club to talk about after the break. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, golf is a sport that can be with you for life. We love it actually on the show. Uh, Whether you pick up the clubs later in life or you are just a kid. Uh, Starting out, it can be fun, it can be frustrating, but once you fall in love with it, you'll always come back to it. One of Auckland's oldest club, golf clubs is partnering up with a local iwi to encourage their kids onto the hallowed turf at Remuera Golf Club. And uh, with me now is their Memberships and Marketing Director, Carrie Oates, and uh, club professional, Kaden Neho. Uh, good morning to you both. Uh, Carrie, if I can start with you, uh, what spurred you on to this move to partner up with uh, Nati Fatua Oraki? Yeah, so we've got a shared co-papa around the environment. Um, it's really important to us um, that we're responsible with the fact that we're um, guardians of this urban green space and Nadi Fatu are, are aligned with us on that. Um, so that's the primary driver behind it. And also um, they're our neighbours, so um, getting them involved in elements of the club is fantastic. Um, and we're really um, excited about the fact that we're able to host the kids here and get them started on their golf journeys. Oh, Carrie, um, with the, uh, this this collaboration, what are you what are you expecting to see from it as you form this partnership? Yeah, so we're hoping to see um, some um, golf engagement from the kids. We've um, identified already a really talented young guy um, uh, called Wairani. Um So we're hoping to see that um, he sort of stays with us and um, you know takes up golf and just generally um, you know a sense of um, 
that everybody's welcome in this place and that we want to share um, this, this great sport with as many people as possible. Club professional uh, Caden Neho is with us uh, this morning as well. Uh, Caden, if I can bring you in now, and for the Tamariki and the, the Rangatahi that sign up, what can they expect across uh, the extent of the school holiday program that you've been setting up? Um, just over from the get-go, we're pretty much starting from with those ages. We're just starting with the basics, um, just learning, you know, grip, how to stand to the golf ball, and then pretty much just hoping they have as much fun as possible. Um, obviously, once they're having fun, then they get involved, and then hopefully they can build on it from there. So obviously, uh, there'll be some that buy into it, Caden, um, and there'll be some that say, it's not for me. Uh, is, is that basically how it works? Uh, it is. There's the old love-hate relationship with golf. Um, but obviously, some people are going to be keen on it, some people aren't, as long as we can, you know, they can have that opportunity to give it a go, and then they make up that decision. How quickly do you, do you spot the talent? Uh, there are a couple of kids with the first session yesterday, just just from the get-go, just the way they swing the club, you can tell they're going to, they could be, you know, if they stuck at it, they could definitely have um, a lot of potential to like, build on what they have. Gary, uh, if I, I can ask you, um, how, how, how are you looking to make golf more accessible, accessible to these young people? after this four-day program? What, what's the, the, the flow-on program looking like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're going to have a Fano day so they can bring down all of their family and show off their golf skills and really um, invite them to take ownership of the fact that they're welcome at the club and we want them here um, and they can bring their family down. And then throughout the first term, we're going to open up um, our velocity driving range, which is open to all of the public. It is not exclusive to members. It's for everyone in the community to utilise. It's the world-class facility in Auckland in terms of golf and golf entertainment. Um, and so there'll be um, allocated bay time for them throughout the first term. And then once we've identified you know, if, if a handful of them really take that up and participate well, then we're going to look at structuring a program um, with uh, Nadi Faso Oraki, um, co-designing something where we can really kind of um, get the talent on the path to proper, you know, um, golf. Look, I, I find this interesting and I, I applaud the, the program and I think it's a wonderful, wonderful concept. But, Carrie, there was a time when, uh, and I, I don't mean to be snobby here, but the <laughs> Remuera Golf Club, the Remuera Golf Club would never have thought of this. Uh, I'm think, sitting back thinking, uh, it's hard enough to damn well get on that, that, that golf course and get a tea time at the best of times, but all of a sudden you, you really have opened your doors. What, what really sparked it? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, times have changed, you know, and um, we're a member of the community and it's a community asset um, that we sit on. We're very privileged to be guardians of this 72 hectares of land in urban Auckland um, and we want to share it with the community. It's not a place that is just for um, a privileged few, it's for everyone to enjoy um, and golf is a sport that everyone can enjoy and particularly down at our driving range where you can come in and have no skills like me or you can be great like Caden and you can still have a great time together, have a wine, have a pizza and enjoy um, a little bit of gamified golf. And then if you're interested in it, then you can start taking progress towards getting out on the course. Um, and yeah, we just we, we know that we're part of the community and we want to be that. That's, that's who we are at Remio Golf Club. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Caden, uh, um, in terms of interest in this particular program first up, 
Uh, how has the interest level been? And overall, uh, do you see a, a, a resurgence or a growth area uh, in golf uh, coming through your, your door? Um, absolutely. There's obviously um, the turnout yesterday was, was pretty big and it's impressive to see. And it's, once you see that amount of kids like, all together, um, all getting into it, it's pretty inspiring to see. Um, and I think definitely in the future with the driving range, it's like a perfect place to start. Like, you know, the golf course can be quite daunting. So here in Auckland, the driving range has just been, I reckon, a huge impact on people getting started in golf. And then, you know, obviously you can do like junior programs and stuff like that quite easily at the range and then hopefully build on that with the, with the kids. It would be awesome. Māori golf has been um, very much a part of New Zealand's golf history going back, uh, I can remember the likes of Walter Godfrey when I was growing up as a kid, but of course Michael Campbell, uh, Philip Tautarangi, it's been uh, any number of very high profile ones. And it was pleasing also, Caden, to note that uh, the New Zealand Māori Golf Association recently held their national championship with a, a field of 260. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's good to see. I, I played a few of those um, back when I was playing amateur golf. And obviously, it's good to see it growing a little bit. Um, obviously, <clears throat> at my stage when I was growing up, Michael Campbell was the man. Um, so it's definitely, it'd be nice to see a few more people come through like that and hopefully inspire some of the, you know, the younger generation coming through. Of course, uh, Caden, the other thing is golf is one sport. It's an individual sport to a large extent anyway. I know there are team events, but by and large, it's an individual sport. Uh, and it's so competitive uh, these days, looking at the, the youth market, um, kids uh, through to adolescent age, of, of what they get to the opportunity to try and, and what they stick at. So uh, it's important that you, you make efforts at, at, at an early age. Uh, it is, it is. Obviously, you know, sport here in New Zealand, like golf in general, is, it's definitely growing, but it's still quite small in comparison to some of the other places like America and stuff. So obviously getting more depth, I think, would be um, great for, you know, the young people here um, that don't want to get into golf. So a bit more depth would be ideal. And obviously doing these sorts of things should add to that in the future. Kelly, um, what's the follow-on in terms of uh, after this from the club's point of view? Are, are there, is it just a, a, an annual thing, um, or do you hope to make it a more regular thing? Yeah, so we're hoping to make it really regular. Um, we've got a really solid partnership with Ngāti Whātua Auraki um, that's based around many things, and um, the school holiday program is one component. Um, but we see this being like a, a, a journey um, that we're on and it's going to be a multi-year journey. Um, we were lucky enough that we hosted a similar program very recently where we had 480 uh, junior girls, so 18 to, uh, down to five, um, come through and do a similar type of program. Um, so any opportunity we have to do that and collaborate with other community organisations, schools, um, we'll be looking to, um, to do that. Um, you know, to put that in perspective, that's more girls under 18 who tried golf at our driving range than there are registered golfers in that age group in Auckland. So it's just this uh, amazing vehicle that we've got um, to, to get golf to be more accessible. Is this the first program as such uh, involving uh, the iwi throughout the country? Because I imagine uh, you, you talk about being a caretaker of the local land, that that would be the case for any number of golf clubs in New Zealand. Absolutely. Um, look, I can't speak to what has happened around New Zealand, but it's certainly the first 
that we're aware of. Um, and, you know, New Zealand Golf and um, has it, putting a big focus on um, developing Māori golf. And, you know, for us, developing Māori and Pacifica golf, um, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity um, for golf to um, be a sport of choice. I mean, it's a great sport. A lot of the guys that come here who play rugby, they do golf as their second sport. So it doesn't even need mm. to be a primary sport. It's something that you can play in addition to your um, primary sport because they've got the social aspects, it's got the mental health and well-being. You know, you're out doing four hours of walking um, that, you know, you can play with your parents and grandparents. So um, it's really just kind of defining that it is an option for everyone. What's what's the membership, uh, Kauri, at uh, Remuera at the moment? And, and how do the... Uh, how are the um, established members buying into this? Yeah, so we had um, fantastic um, buy-in from our members yesterday. We had a, a bunch of our members came down and volunteered and helped with the kids, and it was really cool, actually, to see them um, kind of um, integrating and working together, um, particularly um, some of our lady members. Uh, we had male and female, but our lady members were really loving it, um, and our club president was down there. So we've got good level of buy-in from our membership. Um, everybody's sort of supporting. Um, we've got about 1,600 members in total. So um, there's different levels of engagement with the club. Um, we've got some members who are here, you know, a couple of days a week, and we've got some members who play less frequently. Um, but we're certainly um, a thriving club with a healthy membership base. Um, and the membership base wants us to move towards being um, part of our community because ultimately, all of our members live locally, so they're part of the community and they want us to be part of their community. Caden, uh, if you look at the people that have, uh, the youngsters that have uh, come into your, the initial stages of, of your first program, is it a fairly even split between uh, boys and girls? Um, I think, looking back, there were, I think there's still probably slightly on the dominant side for the, for the boys. But there are definitely quite a few girls down there um, yesterday, which is good to see. Um, I was part of that girls um, sessions that we run uh, previously before this, and that was that was great to see. Um, there were a lot of them turning out, and they were they were all enjoying it. And it's just good to be able to give them a chance. I just wonder if there's ever been a, a better time to promote golf, Caden. I mean, if you look at the, the tours across the world. Uh, we have got New Zealand players, uh, with the exception, I guess, of uh, the, the USPGA proper. Um, we've got names with their, uh, people with their names uh, at the top of leaderboards uh, pretty damn often these days. So golf is, uh, is riding a high for you guys. Uh, it really is. And I think that's, that's definitely showing with how many people are playing and stuff like that all over New Zealand. Obviously, having those Kiwi guys out there on the big screens is always good to see um, everyone you know it does amp up the sport a little bit for us um, so yeah it's just, at the end of the day it's great to see well Caden and uh, Carrie it's uh, been wonderful talking to you I absolutely applaud uh, what you're doing I love the, the concept and I love the fact that you're getting good buy-in as well and I think you're going to be the first of many clubs uh, with this kind of uh, initiation I think it's wonderful congratulations and uh, long may it last Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, Carrie Oates uh, there, of course, and uh, Carrie is responsible for the memberships and marketing side of things at the, the Remuera Golf Club and club professional there, uh, of course, uh, Caden Neho as well with an exciting concept. Uh, and yes, uh, uh, 
the, the local iwi are heavily involved in that too, uh, Ngāti Whatua Oraki, uh, it's the, the land, uh, the concept of being a caretaker of the land, of looking after the land, of manicuring the land, and that's so much a part of the arrangement as well. Um, I can uh, think uh, also of uh, the Bridge Park Golf Club uh, where I play there and, and uh, beautifully manicured golf course. Um, every day you turn up, uh, you've got a wonderful facility there and it's out of respect for the land as well that uh, that happens. So uh, we've got a great uh, green staff out there, green keeping staff, and uh, they're working all the time manicuring the course, uh, cutting down trees, planting trees, and just to make sure that the shape of the course is uh, maintained and the flow is there as well. And I can promise you the membership is just going through the roof so damned hard to get a tea time. I'm going to have to take more mornings off work so I can get a game. It's uh, 10.17 here on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Right, Liverpool fans, it's still 1-0 to you uh, over Wolves and uh, the replay of your FA Cup match there. Yes, 1-0 in the 80th minute, although you're under a lot of pressure from Wolves, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, not a happy chappy on the sideline. Uh, also, don't uh, forget at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock this morning, uh, Louis Herman Watt is coming into the studio with Mark Clayton, and also they will be accompanied by Mr Craig Baker. Now, Craig Baker is the GM of racing at the Auckland Thoroughbred Racing. Uh, it, uh, it is really important that you uh, racing fans join us in that hour because uh, we're going to uh, advise you shortly after 11 o'clock of the barrier draws for both the uh, two-year-old uh, two and three-year-old $1 million races coming up this weekend at Pukekohe Park. Yes, not at Ellerslie, they're at Pukekohe Park this weekend. Um, if you haven't got tickets, I think there's still some available for some areas. It is really a highlight of racing. Short, sharp, um, it, it is just a wonderful event with a party involved as well. So make sure you get involved in that. But certainly the barrier drawer is so important to the owners, the trainers, the jockeys, etc. Uh, and we'll get uh, the aspects of the importance of that and those numbers uh, just after 11 o'clock with those three gentlemen. Uh, going on at the moment, of course, though, is the Australian uh, Open, and every day or every night there is uh, a game that is really high-featured. And uh, last night, of course, it was uh, the great Sir Andy Murray. Sir Andy Murray defeating Matteo Berrettini in five marathon sets, 6-3, He got home in the last set. Andy Murray knocking out the 13th seeded Italian, um, and this was uh, some of the audio afterwards. Again, set the match, Murray. Three sets to two, six three, six three, four six, six seven, seven six. An extraordinary match, deserved an extraordinary way to finish it. You must be tired. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll, I'll be feeling this this evening and tomorrow. Uh, but right now I'm just, yeah, unbelievably happy, very proud of myself. Um, put a lot, a lot of work into the last last few months uh, with my team who are here um, yeah, to give me the opportunity to perform on stadiums like this and matches like this against players like Matteo and it paid off tonight. <laughs> well, you inspire a lot of us older people, Andy. You're only 35, but uh, you went against a 26-year-old today. That's a heck of a physical effort. effort. 
You wouldn't have known either that he had won his last nine tiebreakers at the Australian Open before that fifth set tiebreaker. I didn't. No, no, I didn't know. Didn't know any of these stats, which probably helped. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's the first time I've ever played one of those tie, ten point tiebreakers, and it's a bit different. You know, like when you're up six one, seven one, or whatever. Like it feels like you know you're still quite far away and. He came back really strong, and I was just a bit lucky at the end uh, to, with with the net card. But um, I, I mean, I think some of the tennis at the end was was really good. It felt like that playing. I don't know what it looked like, but um, yeah, it was. I mean, he was serving unbelievable, um, and he, he's he's a brilliant competitor as well. He's one of the best competitors on the tour. He always fights right to the end. So. Um, yeah, I did, did well to get through. We're going to all refer to you as Sir Andy from now on in this, in this stadium. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is a man that's been to the Australian Open final five times. He's an inspiration to all of us. Andy, it's good to have you back. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. He is an inspiration. I've got to say, the, uh, we're coming back from the injury, he has had, and had the, the steel... Uh, the the will wherewithal uh, just to to get stuck in and try and get himself back to the level that he was probably won't but along the way he's going to cause a lot of pain for a lot of uh, those up and coming players along the way and uh, Matteo Berrettini was on the receiving end last night uh, also uh, in action last night uh, Tanasi Kokonatis uh, of course of uh, Australia uh, he's leading at the moment six one six two four two so it's looking good for him against uh, Fabio Fognini. Uh, play suspended on the outer courts last night because of weather. Andy Murray out on the inner court, so he was able to get his completed. Um, but uh, Kokonakis uh, versus Fognini, second set action on SEN. 15 love, he launches the serve into the backhand of Kokonakis. Hands down, licks the line on the way through. Cross-court battle on the backhands, up the middle went Fanini. Cross-court forehand by Kokonakis, more angle on the forehand there by Fanini. Trying to go up the line, Kokonakis with the forehand into the net. Into the backhand wing of uh, Fabio, who peels off a nice winner. Standing right up on that baseline, Kokonakis trying to get a little closer. Good angle there from Fanini, and then it went straight into the hitting zone of Kokonakis with a big forehand up the line. As he goes into the backhand of Kokonakis, whips the forehand cross-court as Fanini. Back up the middle of the forehand went Kokonakis. And now Kokonakis slices away to the forehand attempt cross-court. Fanini nets the return. So Kokonakis launches the serve up the tee. Scampering to get there on the forehand. Big drive volley. He's netted it. And he landed a big ace to sign it off. He goes out wide, just blocked back by Fanini. Up the line goes Kokonaka, stretched. He can't make it successfully. Fabio with the forehand. Two sets to love for Thanasi Kokonakis. Yeah, Fanini is going to have to come up with something special, trailing 6 1, 6 2, 4 2. Uh, another Australian action last night, uh, Alex Di Manua, who's up against Xu uh, from China, 6 2, 6 2, 6 3. Uh, he will either play John Isner or Adrian Manorino with that match uh, also suspended. Here's uh, a little bit of the De Manure action. Damanur goes out to the backhand of Sue, who says, well, if you can peel off some backhands, I think it's my turn now. Yes. That might go down as the shot of the night so far. Alex Demonor, Sue with a good forehand. Great forehand cross-court by Demonor and really hurried on Sue, who... Couldn't get his return back effectively. Great little dropper there from Alex Dumanor. 
couldn't make up the ground, Sue. The middle of the backhand there was uh, Demon or well retrieved by Sue, hitting with good depth, and then it was just that last shot Sue couldn't control. Forehand sent it well wide in the first match point for Alex Demonor. Sue retrieved it okay. Alex back up the middle with his forehand. Sue cross court with the backhand. He's charging in. There's the backhand up the line by Alex. Outstretched her forehand volley. Couldn't make it over from Sue. And Alex Demonor in two hours and one minute is through to round two of the Australian Open. Yeah, he's uh, one of the seeded prospects uh, from Australia's point of view. Uh, courtesy there of our commentary live on SCN. It's uh, throughout the night too uh, here on SENZ in New Zealand. So make sure you focus on that. Uh, usually we have uh, Stump Smithy, of course, at uh, 11.30. We're going to have it uh, right now, actually, because of the fact we've got that barrier draw, that all-important uh, Karaka Million barrier draw coming up between 11 and 12. So Stump Smithy's on now. Uh, it's your opportunity to uh, cash in and get some money, perhaps to spend on that uh, Karaka meeting at Pukekohe Park uh, over the weekend. So uh, 0800 150 is the number. 0800 is the number. Brian Rarelli is waiting for your calls as we speak. And uh, Logan Swinkles, of course, will be the quiz master. It's uh, just after 10.30. Time for a news update with Araha. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, it is time for Stumped. No, your watch is not broken. It is 10.32 here on SNZ. As Smithy said before, we're bringing Stumped in a little bit earlier because we've got a real special show coming up after 11 with the Caracamillion Barrier Dural, don't we, Smithy? But of course, bit of Stumped, bit of $50 TAB, bonus bet to give away first. Yeah, we have, um, and uh, I've been done the last two days. I, I expected that uh, I'd come back uh, strong with a, a bit of a break. Uh, but we've had two very, very good uh, competitors um, over the last uh, couple of days. In fact, Ed from Tolaga Bay, he was uh, one of the victims yesterday. But uh, <laughs> I, I can see uh, his, he's, light, he's lighting up the board again, Ed, for another crack. So we'll just see if he progresses. But first of all, uh, who uh, are the first up? Who's first up victim this morning? <laughs> I, I always love the way you frame that, Smithy, first up victim. Yeah. Ed is waiting. He's not first, though. Who we do have first is Luke from Dunedin. Come in, mate. Good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You probably heard Smithy say uh, he's he's been down a couple. Probably my deliveries have been a bit softer than some full tosses, or <laughs> you know, the, I'm not playing the line right uh, for my keeper. I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, but you know how the game is played, mate. These are the topics for you. We've got. Cricket, rugby, and the Cracker Million. Take your pick. We've got to go Cracker Million, don't we? Oh, wow, I, I good one. Good yeah, one. I love like it when it, people Luke. play it on hand. Here we I, go. I love it. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? All right, first question for you, Luke. Which horse won the 2022 edition of the Cracker Million three-year-old classic? Pin me up. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Oh, Smithy, first delivery, just smash for six. I've got a bad feeling about this, Logan. I've got a really bad feeling about this. That took Luke about a millisecond to think of that. <laughs> Good God. Uh, it, it did, it did. We'll see if uh, the other questions here brought forward by Brian Rarity. Any harder, second question for you, Luke. Who has ridden the most winners in the Cracker Million two-year-old race? 
would have to be Ovi Bossom, wouldn't it? Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, and all trained by Jamie Richards, Smithy. All trained by Jamie Richards, and I can tell you they've got a fair old hand in the two-year-old race uh, this year, but not with Jamie Richards, with uh, Mark Walker, who has returned to New Zealand. So uh, more about that after 11 o'clock, but that's two out of two, Luke. Keep on going, boy. We'll see uh, how the third and final delivery is. $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs here for you, Luke. Another Jamie Richards trained horse on the bubbles broke Opie's streak in 2021. Can you name the jockey on board that day? On, on the bubbles? Yeah. It was um, Jonathan Park. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Ah, it's all you can do, Smithy. Stand up and applaud. Well, I have. Uh, Luke, congratulations. <laughs> great knowledge. Great knowledge, obviously, you're a racing man, but great knowledge of that particular carnival as well. And uh, on the bubbles, yep. Uh, oh, it's fun, number isn't it? One sud- number one son had a share in that, so uh, we had a vested interest in it, and that uh, was one of the best days out of my sporting life, I can recall, uh, winning that particular event. Uh, so, Luke, Either you are a Either massive... Yeah, I didn't get any of the front, any of the freight. Don't worry about that, Luke, but, uh, <laughs> you know... I got the I got the enjoyment under cap and pretty drunk, so that was pretty cool, eh? Um, look, <laughs> hey, hey, stay on the line, mate. Stay on the line. Uh, Brian will uh, just confirm your details with you so we can get the proceeds of your success to you as soon as possible. Thank you and congratulations. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, uh, Luke there from Dunedin. Who is our winner today? Some interesting facts. Actually, might go through a few facts uh, after the break here um, on the Karaka Million as we get towards very closely towards that barrier draw now, around about to 24, 25 minutes away. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Uh, don't forget our text line is uh, with the Temper Bedpost text machine. It, it is double eight double three double eight double three. Temper and Bedpost, of course, have a range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body. And who doesn't need a good sleep? So you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Um, just a, a few little interesting facts and figures about the Karaka Million coming up this weekend. Racing fans will know these, but um, some of you with a, a slight... Uh, interest in the game um, might also be aware of the fact that uh, Tiakau, the t- wonderful Tiakau, uh, have uh, won the past six Karaka Million races uh, since 2017. They're going for their seventh this year. Uh, this, of course, uh, the trainer is uh, Mark Walker, uh, principal of the stud is uh, uh, David and uh, David Ellis and Karen Fenton Ellis, of course, who have contributed so much. So much to racing over the years. Um, of course, uh, you recognise David at the sales each time, and uh, he's got uh, that uh, million-dollar wink. Uh, I suppose it's per- uh, fair to say that um, gets so many uh, horses uh, to him, and then of course he syndicates them out to a massive amount of uh, New Zealanders who just want to be part of the show and have the fun. And those are the lucky ones that get to these uh, million-dollar races. Um, uh, could realise a dream, and not necessarily the favourites win them because there's all sorts of uh, factors that go into it, including the barrier draw, of course, which we're about to hear more about. Um, and to qualify, of course, you have to um, purchase your horses uh, through uh, the annual sale at Karaka, um, courtesy of uh, New Zealand Bloodstock. And uh, that, of course, the principal there is Sir Peter Valor. And uh, between Sir Peter Valor and uh, David Ellis, you would struggle to find two gentlemen 
um, who have uh, contributed more of late to, and over a long period of time to the New Zealand uh, thoroughbred racing industry. Uh, on that note, uh, I'd like to uh, belatedly uh, pass on sympathy to uh, the Hogan uh, family too on the passing of uh, one of the great men of uh, breeding, of course, and Sir Patrick Hogan, uh, which happened while I was away in Australia. So there will be some sad times uh, at the sales, uh, uh, reflecting on uh, what he has contributed, uh, but the new breed is coming through, and uh, he'd be pleased to, to see that the new buyers coming into the market, etc. Incidentally, when uh, we do have uh, the, the sales at Karaka, um, we will um, make sure we keep you updated with uh, developments there through the staff at New Zealand Bloodstock. So uh, this weekend is a- a- absolutely fantastic. So looking forward to that. Barrier draw, about a quarter of an hour away. Uh, of interest too, of course, is Brandon Smith. Remember Brandon Smith? Good guy? Good guy is Brandon Smith? I suppose he is. A bit of a character anyway. Uh, he's settling into life uh, at Bondi. This is uh, Brandon Smith. Yeah, it's um, it's been really, really good to be fair. I come from a little island with um, lots of beaches and um, to be able to just go down to the beach. I live like 600 metres away from North Bondi, um, go, go down to the beach and swim pretty much every day. It's been awesome. They call us the Bondi body bashers because we love to body bash. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I would imagine Brendan's on quite a good contract if he has to live only 600 metres from Bondi Beach uh, on north uh, on the on the shores there because that's some expensive real estate. I think it's fair to say, Logan. Yeah, it's that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, I've lived in Sydney, but nowhere near Bondi, that's for sure. Uh, I had to wonder when I listened to that, what the heck does he mean when he says body bash? Uh, I looked it up. It's an Aussie term. Uh, for going out for a swim uh, in the shore break with the intent of catching dumpy waves and maybe even hitting the sand. So putting your body through a little bit of punishment there by the sounds of it. I'd rather just do the pre-season training and here's his comments on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting used to the sort of the training, a lot of long distance stuff. So um, yeah, just getting uh, used to that, but loving it. Like I get to try to get hot and sexy and and fit for um for a job so um hopefully after another what do we got about 47 more days i'm looking um good at bondo beach with my shirt off so <laughs> but that's not why i'm getting fit i've rugby league's my number one first but it'll be good when i get down there hot and sexy smithy what <laughs> well i can tell you i spent uh, a week on kunji beach which is next door a couple of bays around um, and I would say um, on the fine days, um, there would be 10,000 people at the beach. 10,000 mm-hmm. at the beach or in the surrounds of the beach on Coogee. Now, Bondi's bigger. Bondi's a bigger beach. That's the one that's got the surf life-saving program, hasn't it, the yeah. Bondi? Uh, with all the hunky uh, surf. <laughs> Not that I've been interested in them either, to be yeah. fair. Uh, but uh, uh, there's a lot of people on the beach to look um, sexy for, I would imagine, if you're a league star. Um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Uh, what about the combination that Brandon Smith's trying to f- uh, form with Sam Walker and Luke Kerry? Those guys are, like, it's just a different style of play, really. It's not so, um, I don't really want to give them any secrets away. But, yeah, I'm gelling with um, Sam and, and Kerry pretty well. They're pretty loud for, for people that are so small and short. Um, they've got big voices, but uh, we've still got a long way to go before, um, you know, round one and, Hopefully we can just keep keep the connection going. 
Brandon Smith, Sam Walker, Luke Carey, and then you also have the best fullback in the game, James Teddy Tedesco Smithy. That just that is going to be a nightmare for a lot of teams. But I always just love the personality that Brandon Smith brings when he talks. I just wonder too. You know when they were showing him around. Remember he went in the Tiki Tour around a few clubs to make up with his mind which way direction he was going to go. Yeah. When it was very public, he was going to leave the Melbourne Storm. Uh, and then, of course, he was being courted, as they say, by a number of clubs. Uh, I just wonder if they took him to the beach at Bondi and said, <laughs> mate, you're not going to get this in a number of clubs, I'll tell you. No, 100%. They definitely sold him on that Bondi lifestyle, didn't they? Uh, maybe he will get an appearance on Bondi Rescue or whatever show they call it. <laughs> well, if he keeps body dumping, he might have to. If it doesn't go well for him, I can promise you that. A uh, number of uh, texts that have come in on that um, Temper bedpost text line as well, including one from Dean. Uh, Ian, Mr. Cricket for me was brilliant. What a player, what a passion he has for the game. Although he didn't like it when you said he played 100 tests by mistake. Also great to, to listen to a Kiwi in the commentary box. Mr. Cricket, what a gentleman. What a, a consummate professional um, in the commentary box, in the lab that they put together, that lab process. is quite freaky how they come up with that. Uh, and Mr. Cricket, of course, Michael Hussey is uh, central to that. He is uh, absolutely brilliant. So, and uh, as I say, great company. Uh, but you can imagine uh, when I see it, the work he puts into his commentary and the the study he does, it's easy to see why he was such a complete and utter star as a cricketer as well, and labelled Mister Cricket for his professionalism. So, Dean, th- thanks for that text. Uh, look, we'll take a, a pretty short break, and when we come back, uh, we have to get to the TAB to talk to uh, Pip Morris about what's going on in the sporting world. There's still plenty of options for you to bet on. Uh, away from the racing too.